0: Fricky little mama. Says she only dies so she only eat bananas. Always in your prime, other women don't lie And when I'm off work, then you know it's bedtime, so let's go. That's it, the I five. Get away from VS, don't waste no down time. I don't like a movie, that's the type that wanna sue me. And when we get together, hit it like Viva forever. Oh, it's the weekend. It's Friday. I'm uh I'm excited that it's Friday. Get to. It's been a it's been a good week uh it's been a very very busy week even though it's been a short week after uh the canadian thanksgiving um however um lots to talk about um this show is going to be uh mostly hockey based <clears throat> well, maybe i'll throw in some baseball with uh down to the final four in baseball but i want to go specifically more on hockey today um we've definitely had A lot to talk about. There's some definitely weird things that are going on in the NHL uh, so far this year. First off, um, who would have thought that the New Jersey Devils and the Vegas Golden Knights would be the two uh, remaining undefeated teams? At the time of this podcast, that's uh, that's to be noted. Um, But it's crazy. Um, New Jersey Devils have been really, really fast. And I think everyone has realized that that's the way to go nowadays. And it's weird to see New Jersey um, not playing the boring, defensive, trap game type of style that they've been playing for probably 20 years, the last 20 years. And with the amount of youngsters that they have in their lineup, holy they were flying the other night against the Leafs. And I think what was killing me the most is not that the not that New Jersey was playing well. It was that I had no idea who half their players on that roster were. Never heard of them before. A lot of them there were some, you know, 5th round picks, 6th round picks in their lineup and you know, aside from uh, Pavel Zacha or Zaka, I don't know how you pronounce it. But Aside from him, all the other goal scorers that night, I had no idea who they were or very, very, very little knowledge of where they came from. Uh, On the other side, the Vegas Golden Knights are also 3-0. On the power of James Neal, James Neal has been playing legitimately like the real deal James Neal as he has fit right in in vegas and vegas uh definitely thanks him but in my honest opinion i don't think he finishes this season there i think james neal will be a free agent free agent in english at the end of this year and i believe that he will eventually get moved as i don't i don't see james neal uh re-signing in vegas um not that vegas isn't a good spot Maybe he does enjoy Vegas, but James Neal's getting a little bit older too now. And uh, he definitely probably wants to have another shot at winning a Stanley Cup. So, in that case, you never know. Things can change, but I believe eventually uh, he will be traded. Um, other surprising teams so far uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres have been bad, not not good at all. They have not won a game so far this year. They only have one point that came against uh, a shootout loss against Montreal, and overall they've been pretty bad. And considering the amount of time that they have been bad, people projected them to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, this year maybe not make the playoffs but at least compete for a playoff spot at least maybe be a spot out of the wild card a couple of points but they've seemed just stumbling out of the gate and um, that could be for many reasons uh, but I thought and I think a lot of people thought with a healthy Jack Eichel um, he and the Buffalo Sabres would have had a good start And that has not happened Uh, so in terms of that I don't know what's gonna happen next for Buffalo Uh, if this continues uh, for Buffalo I think that you'll definitely see some changes relatively early it all depends if if Buffalo still thinks they are a few years away and still need the rebuild then I guess you know maybe they just ride out another year but you know things again things can change other surprising teams so far and i i don't think washington is a surprising team i think washington's got a little bit of a of an edge this year as um they're not picked to be the favorite maybe that's a little bit better for them that they're not the favorite and uh ovechkin has been on fire to start the season he has eight goals in four games nuts crazy Two hat-tricks to go along with that. because Kuznetsov has eight assists on those eight goals. Crazy. Unbelievable. And uh, they have definitely had a good start to the season. Uh, they do have one loss on the season, uh, but uh, still, still a good start for them uh, this season. Another team kind of a little bit disappointed with is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh seems all over the place. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Pittsburgh, uh, but they've allowed a lot of goals. Uh, they have 22 goals against already this season. And maybe that's Matt Murray becoming accustomed to now being the starter. And maybe he's got a little bit of growing pains now that he doesn't have uh, veteran goaltender marc country Fuller behind him to uh, mop up his messes. Uh, so that's definitely one thing to take a look at um, as uh, Anti-Niami is their backup. And I don't think that's the uh, greatest. Uh, security blanket, but at the same time, Matt Murray does need to figure it out at some point. Um, you can't go your whole career uh, having protection behind you. Uh, eventually, if you're going to become a starter goaltender in the NHL, you have to grab the job and go with it. Uh, Tampa Bay is starting to look pretty good. Um, they're starting to get pretty pretty decent. Stamkos looks really good. I'm so happy to see Stamkos uh, healthy again. And, you know, knock on wood, Stamkos stays healthy this year. Um, Not only for my fantasy team, but uh, also for... um, He's an amazing talent. I love watching Stamkos. It's incredible. He's an incredible player. And we haven't really been able to see him much the last two years. He's uh, been hurt for most of that time. So, uh, hoping that becomes a lot better. Uh, Who else has been uh, pretty good so far? Detroit. Detroit's supposed to be rebuilding. And they have... Three wins in four games. Um, someone tell Detroit that they're doing the rebuild the wrong way. I'm kidding. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll stay that way. I don't think it'll. It'll. It'll do that. But you know what? Maybe with the new arena, maybe it's put a little bit of juice into their legs and. Uh, when you have a team that has a bunch of guys competing for spots, especially when you're a rebuilding team and you can have a lot of young guys competing for spots, uh, sometimes you get the best. You get the best out of those young players, and you know maybe for a couple of games they show you what they got. And Like I said, eventually I think um, it, it'll go the other way at some point, even out. Uh, but Howard's been uh, pretty good on the back end too. So uh, Detroit's been uh, looking pretty good as well. Uh, sadness uh, for Montreal. Montreal, what is going on? And I'm, this is not me saying I'm a Leafs fan, but, and this is not me saying that I'm, I know it all and everything else, but I've been saying this for two, three years. Montreal has no offense. It has been no secret to anybody the last couple of years that Montreal has no offense or has minimal offense, to correct myself. What is going on in Montreal? I'm surprised the city has not completely erupted with a 1-3 start. They only scored four goals in four games. You're not going to win a lot of games averaging a goal a game. Even with Carey Price in it. That's asking a lot even though he's making $10 million, or will be making $10 million next year, he is asking for a lot if you're asking him to keep you in a game constantly by only allowing zero or one goal. And hope for the best. Montreal has a lot of problems, and I'm not a Montreal hater. I'm not a Montreal picker or anything like that. I just, I watch Montreal hockey a decent amount of times uh, being on the East Coast, so you do see the games on the off nights uh, when they're playing and maybe the least aren't playing. Sometimes I'll flick on the game. It's usually Montreal playing um, on uh, the local networks. Uh, and, and I just don't understand what Montreal is doing. I'm absolutely confused with what Montreal is doing, what they're planning on doing, and how they plan on fixing it because they have a lot of money tied up in certain players they don't have a whole lot of assets uh, to trade um, since they got drew and i don't know what they're going to do to fix these offensive issues they completely obliterated their back end last year so they have a completely different defensive core uh, which could probably be part of the reason um, but they've only allowed like okay 13 goals against is not the greatest but it's not the worst but if you're gonna be allowing you know almost four goals a game you gotta score gotta score if you're allowing three goals a game four goals a game you gotta score. You have to have a good offense that can put four pucks in the net, five pucks in the net, six pucks in the net. But you cannot compete, especially in the division that they're in, with only that kind of scoring. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, but they lost Radulov." We're aware that Radulov only put up what 18 goals last season. That's not a lot of offense. Okay, maybe that's a decent chunk of offense, but I don't think that's worth the money that he took to go to Dallas. And I think Montreal saved themselves not paying him that money for this season. 18 goals is not a lot of offense. Dallas paid Radulov the money that you probably pay at least a 25 to 30 goal scorer. Not 18. So, no, it's not because you guys lost Radulov. You still have Pacioretty. still have the ghost of Thomas Buchanan's. You have Drouin. And you have this poor individual named Alex Galchenyuk. That is now playing on the fourth line for the Montreal Canadiens. Um... Why and how do you expect, guy's only 23 years old. I know it seems like he's been in the league for quite some time, but he's only 23 years old. How do you expect a guy to develop if he's on the fourth line, if you don't put him with people that he can play with? And if you're planning on trading him, if you're planning on trading him, I don't know why you would give him that contract, the extension. I don't know why you're playing him on the fourth line. Because if you wanted to trade him, chances are you'd want the most value for him. Chances are if you're putting a player on the fourth line, you're not going to get the value that you want for a first or second line player. It's just not going to happen. He has no points so far this season in four games. Zero. You're putting him on the fourth line. How many points do you think he's getting on the fourth line? If you leave him there for 10 games, how many points do you think he gets on the fourth line? Maybe two? If that, maybe three? If he's lucky? So if you're planning on trading him, put him on the first line. Try and get as much out of him as you can, and then... Move him, trade him, or let him develop. The problem is Montreal, and they will realize this. They will realize this two ways: either Montreal eventually becomes so bad that they need to become, they need to do a rebuild. I'm not saying this year, but in a couple of years. Either that happens, or they trade Galchenyuk. They get minimal for him. And then he goes and he lights it up somewhere else. That's the way that they're going to see what is going on. Because as certain teams are starting to learn, development works. Drafting, development, NHL. It's a proven system. Okay, there's some flaws in it. There's some players that don't work out. But if you don't develop someone the right way, if you don't give someone the tools to perform the right way, how do you expect someone that's never been in the NHL before to just all of a sudden be a top-tier NHLer within two or three years? It's not going to happen. The guy's already had two coaches and several dozen different line mates. You don't play him at the position that he's supposed to be playing. And it's very, very difficult if you're a player to do that kind of schedule being played that way. It's very difficult as a player to get any sort of traction. And now that's me talking like I've been in the NHL and I know what I'm doing. And that's that's not it at all. It's like everything else. You go to work, get a new job. You go to school. You start a new class. You need to learn. You got to learn how to do your job. You need to learn how to do your schoolwork. It's going to take some trial and error. You got to take someone that's a veteran of that to show you the right way to do it. And then you pick up on it. And then you learn about it. And then you talk about it. And then you learn about it some more. And then you put it into action. And hopefully, you're able to do it well. And after a few years... Hopefully, you're one of the best at doing it. Development is not a joke. Development is not something that's like, oh, okay, we can just throw them in the league, and you know, it's not like learning how to swim. Throwing someone in the ocean, say, swim, doesn't work that way. And in my honest opinion, I think Galchenyuk's ceiling drastically dropped. And now that's not saying that he can't get it back. That's not saying that he'll never hit a a higher ceiling than what he has. But they definitely, definitely need some help. They need to figure out how to develop some players in that system. Carey Price can only carry you for so long. No pun intended. Montreal does need some help. Montreal needs some definitely offensive help. And... I pray for Galchenyuk that he eventually gets moved, and can go somewhere that he can properly develop, properly perform, and hopefully have a good NHL career. Um, moving forward, let's go on the Western Conference. We talked a lot about a lot about the Eastern Conference. We talked about Vegas. Um, St. Louis is looking pretty good. Chicago, new team. And somehow, still winning, still look like a cup contender. I can't stand it. It absolutely baffles me. I don't understand it. But hey, all the power to them. All the power to Chicago. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Have you looked at these standings? Anyone looked at the standings? I know it's early. I know it's only four or five games in for most teams. But Colorado's 3-1. and one. They're not playing half bad. They're putting up some points. Who knew Yakupov would be their leading scorer? Who saw that one coming? Who saw that one coming? It's unbelievable. I was actually shocked uh, when I saw that. I'm like, whoa. It's like pretty much a lot of the rejects are going to Colorado. You got Yakupov that can't fit in a lineup. The former number one pick. Jonathan Bernier is the backup in Colorado. Made a phenomenal save last week in a loss to New York. Uh, sorry, New Jersey. And I saw this. I saw this save by Bernier, and I was like, I think that is the best save that guy has made in years. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and I thought to myself, like, I tried to remember to his his, his days with the Maple Leafs. Did you ever make a save that good? And I couldn't recall something that good. You'd probably remember something like that. But I could be wrong. Um, Moving forward, Uh, Anaheim is uh, hit or miss so far this season. I think Anaheim is going to pick it up. Nashville will pick it up too. Winnipeg. Winnipeg has found a goaltender. Connor Hellebuck. He's been there the whole time. And he's playing really well. The last two games. Uh, I feel bad for Steve Mason, but I kind of don't. You know, you got a two-year contract. Decent amount of money. All you had to do was go in and perform. And looks like, knowing Winnipeg's track record and their history, I think Mason's already lost the starting position. But, again, I could be wrong. Uh, Minnesota. Um, Did anybody realize how many uh injuries Minnesota had uh, i believe last night um absolutely uh, i think Felino had his face smashed and uh didn't didn't look good <laughs> i think he, he ended up getting a, a left facial fracture over that um that's not the best time uh to than an injury is in a fight. I think... If I was a coach, I'd be absolutely furious if a player got hurt and had to miss games because they got into a fight. I'd be upset. Um, Also, Charlie Coyle got a right fibula fracture last night. And not too sure when... Any sort of time frame so far, uh, nothing's been said. And Nito Niederreiter has a high left ankle sprain, which is never good. High ankle sprains are always interesting because, you know, some guys are able to come back really quickly. Other guys take significant time. So Minnesota is definitely down now as they have Nito Niederreiter hurt, Charlie Coyle hurt, Marcus Felino hurt, Michael Granlin hurt, and Zach Parise hurt. Uh, that's a big, huge chunk of their offense right there. You got about three of their top six, if not four of their top six, injured. And it's only the second week of the season. So that's not not looking good uh, for Minnesota. Uh, Dallas. Hello, Dallas. Wake up. I have you winning the division in the Pacific. Time to wake up. 1-3 and start. Not a good start for them. Um, They definitely need to bounce back. They have had made too many roster moves uh, to play this poorly. So I think they'll bounce back as well. They have a pretty deep team now. Uh, The Arizona Coyotes. um, Yeah. They're still bad. I really thought after... Uh, the Jalmerson move. Ranta. Step on. Okay, maybe they won't be the best team, but come on. They've looked so bad. I think Ranta got hurt, too, the other night. And uh, that's not a good sign for them either. Uh, so it might be Louis Domingue taking over the reins uh, in Arizona there. Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton is a cup favorite this year. One of the cup favorites. And they have not looked that great so far. They looked really good in their first game. The last two games that they played, they looked a little strange, a little off. And I'm not sure exactly what the cause of that would be, uh, but I I believe uh, Edmonton and McDavid will turn that ship around. Um, Moving forward... Now I can talk about my Maple Leafs. Talked about a lot of other teams. Can I talk about the Leafs now? No one's going to kill me for that, right? My podcast. Talk what I want about. At least I don't do everything Toronto Maple Leafs. At least, you know, people know I'm a huge Leaf fan. It's not not a joke. Uh, It's not the uh, secret. I'm not a closet Leaf fan. I've been a Leaf fan, true and blue, my entire life. He used to get made fun of in elementary school and high school and university and college all the time because pretty much the Leafs were bad. The Leafs have been bad since I was probably, I don't know, grade four, grade five have been extremely bad. They were decent when I was in maybe fourth, fifth grade. That's when they went to the conference finals. But since then, since the lockout, Two thousand and four. They've been bad. No secret to anybody. But I still went out there wearing my leaf gear, going to games, watching the games, telling everybody about my players. As bad as they were. And I really, really love supporting my team. And as much as when it comes down to it, I still am a professional when it comes down to you know talking hockey. And uh you know I do it as a job as well. like hockey is my literally my life. Hockey is pretty much everything I do. you know I work in sports radio, um, I work in the sports memorabilia business, so I'm always dealing uh, with the sport in some sort of sense, uh, whether that be in my job during the day, my job at nighttime, you know, doing my podcast on the side, playing hockey myself. I'm pretty much hockey, 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 hockey. Everything's hockey for me. And uh, as much as that happens, I really do try to be professional about everything and not have a huge bias. I love the Maple Leafs. Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to be a fan. I know some people when they get into the business, you know, they they stop being a fan and, you know, they kind of mellow out and they're more of a, uh, you know, straight and narrow, kind of neutral. And you know what? I'm still a Leaf fan, but... I still don't, I don't have the bias that most people do when they're talking about the Leafs. I will say when the Leafs have a bad game. I will say when the Leafs are bad. I will talk about other teams, as I did. I will talk about other teams being good. I will talk about other teams being bad. I will not talk about teams and always direct them uh, to the Maple Leafs. And I hope everybody understands that and you know understands when I talk that it's not all about the Leafs, and I hope no one thinks it's all about the Leafs. And I definitely uh going forward would love like i said any questions comments concerns anything you want me to talk about if you're a fan of a team that you know maybe i don't talk about a lot and you know you want me to talk about them let me know i wouldn't mind i'll take a look at them even if they're they're a team that you know i don't watch too much especially those west coast teams sometimes hard to uh, pay attention to everything going on there um but the leafs the leafs have started very well i'm very very impressed for several reasons The defensive issues are there. We know the defensive issues are going to be there. They've had 16 goals against. And 16 goals against, aside from, I believe, uh, Buffalo and Winnipeg, uh, is the third third most in the NHL. Oh, sorry, fourth most. Pittsburgh's allowed more. Wow, Pittsburgh's allowed a lot of goals. So Toronto's... Allowed the fourth most amount of goals so far in four games in the league. They've allowed 16 goals, but they've scored 22 goals. That's a lot of goals. And when you can score this many goals, you can definitely, definitely Save some of those defensive lapses they have a they have a plus six goal differential that's good that's a good thing to have you want to have a positive goal differential because that means your offense usually picks up your defense and we know that the Toronto Maple Leafs are not the best defensive team. We know they definitely need some help on the back end. They have two rookies right now in their 5 and 6 slots on D. Borgman and Rosen. I love Borgman. I love his I love his size. I think he's going to be a really good player back there. Rosen. I like the type of player Rosen can and will become. However, I don't think he's ready yet. Now, granted, he's in the lineup because Connor Carrick is nursing some, I believe, upper body injury. So, Yes, you want to put him there, put him there. That's fine. That's that's not an issue. Um, However, I don't think Rosen is ready. And I mean, throwing him into the fire is great. Um, However, he still needs some work. And the whole defense needs some work. Because even, you know, the quote-unquote veterans that are back there in Gardner and Riley still make mistakes. I've really, really enjoyed Ron Hainsey. He's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. It was uh, actually pretty crazy. Because, honestly, I was not too sure what kind of player we were going to get from Ron Hainesy at the age that he's at. So, I'm not too sure how he's going to how he's going to play, how he's going to do. But at the end of the day, he's been very very good so far. And I'm very impressed, very impressed by him. Um in terms of the offense, can you say wow? The Leafs look phenomenal on offense. Aside from Corey Schneider, you know, pretty much blocking the door the other night and saying "bleep you" to the Leafs and making, I believe, he made almost 50 saves the other night. The Leafs can pretty much fall behind and score their way back into a game. And now that's pretty good, especially from the 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 youngsters on the team. You know, Matthews, Barner, Nylander, Van Riems, like they're not that old. Van Reems looks a little bit older, but those kids are still kids. And coming from what I've seen so far, they look really, really good offensively and really, really meh defensively, if meh makes any sense. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Um, Anderson's looked up and down. Uh, Anderson's uh, done, you know, good things so far. I talked to Anderson yesterday, ran into Anderson yesterday and, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the equipment and, you know, if that, that changes anything and, um, you know, how, how he's feeling in terms of, you know, how, how they're doing so far. And he believes that, you know, they're almost there. He believes that the equipment has nothing to do with it. We know that the NHL has changed uh, the goalie pants last year. Um, He's told me, you know, he gets a little bit tired of hearing about it, but he said he just goes out there and plays. And he's looked good so far. Yes, he's, you know, he's had his problems here and there, had some issues, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary. But, you know, the defense has got to be there too. We allowed a a three-on-five goal the other night. Not much a goaltender can do on that one. But he's done. He's done pretty well, I think, so far. Um, he's looked a lot better versus last season, where he was. Uh, he had a couple injuries last year, and um, overall, I think he's looked pretty good. I've never really had an issue with Anderson's game. The game has always been there. It's the comfort I think sometimes gets off, and I think he'll get back to that. And you know, so far we're three and one. There's not too much to complain about. The Leafs are three and one. They're not too much. They're not too much to complain about. The defense is going to need work. We knew this from the start. We knew this coming in. We knew this for everything. So people, 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 people on Twitter that are, ooh, the Leafs are scoring goals. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. And then you know they play against the Devils, and they lose, and they're freaking out, calling these this name that name, saying this person sucks, that person. Shut up. We're four games in. Four games does not win you a cup, doesn't lose you a cup. But going on Twitter and hopping off the bandwagon, hopping on the bandwagon again, hopping off the bandwagon, either stay with the team or get out. Go find another team. Join the bandwagon in Pittsburgh. Join the bandwagon in Chicago. There's a lot of bandwagons out there that you can go to. You think people going online and typing out their little thoughts of the team, you're not an expert. I'm not an expert. What I say doesn't affect what the Leafs do or what my team does or what any team does. Your little messages to these players, they don't show anything. They show that you're a coward. Would you ever say this to somebody's face? These hockey players or any athlete, or any person that you're talking about of these athletes on Twitter, a lot of these athletes are over the height of six feet. Would you go up to someone uh, that's uh, six foot three, six foot four, and say to them, you know what? You bleep and suck. They should trade your blank and blah, 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 blah. I don't think so. I don't, think you, I don't think anybody would be able to do that unless you're hardcore drunk. And even then you're dumbass to say something like that. Do yourselves a favor. Support the team or don't support the team. Twitter is garbage. No one cares about your quote-unquote hot takes. On Twitter, no one cares that you think this person sucks or that person sucks. You want to say, "Ah, oh, that was a bad play. You know, he should have had it. You know, that was a bad play, bad turnover. You want to be upset with your team? You do it. You want to be frustrated with your team? You do it. But you go out there and you call your players worthless and this team sucks and they suck and this person sucks and they should be traded and that should be. Shut up. Stop. You sound like an idiot. You sound stupid. You sound like you're still in eighth grade, which you probably are for most of you. Learn some vocabulary. And realize that maybe talking about something requires more than 140 characters to get your point across. And maybe, just maybe, have the, pretty much the balls to say something to somebody about it. You're not going to. There's a reason why you can't just access these players. Sure, you can send them a tweet on Twitter. And it's my fear is the people that like attack this and attack that and attack their family. Attack the- what, 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 what's the, what has anything to do with the person's spouse about their uh, performance on the ice? You people are sick. Don't do that. Just watch the game. I'm not saying you got to be happy about everything. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, happy go lucky and cheerful and you can't say, you know, kind of what you feel and what you want to do and what you want to do, but have a little bit, a little bit of respect for another human being. Don't go out there and calling people worthless and they're a piece of garbage and f this and f that and f them and blah 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 blah. That's stupid. That's not sports, that's not being a fan. That's being an idiot. Watch sports the way that sports should be watched. Enjoy them. Be frustrated. That's why they're there. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be happy about it. You're going to be pissed about it. You're going to be sad about it. But you don't do these things. They're stupid. They make you look stupid. Why do you want that? And my favorite is the people that have these pictures that aren't them, that have these Twitter handles or names or whatever the hell they're called, that aren't their names that have their, none of their identity on these pages, and think that they can just throw all this crap out there, and no one's eventually going to find them. You, you're crazy if you think no one's ever going to find you. Someone's find you, they'll find you. That's the way it works. It's out there. There's ways to do it. Don't think because you hide behind a screen, behind a keyboard, behind a phone that you're that you know anything. I don't know anything, and I'm a, on a friggin podcast. But I sure as hell don't go out there and bash players like that. I never will, never have, never will. I have my opinions on which players should be moved, which players aren't fitting in the lineup, but I have you know a little bit of respect on how to say it without calling them this name and that name and, and degrading them and all that are garbage. There's four games being played. We're three wins, one loss. And we're still not happy. You're still throwing the team under the bus after one loss. We're going to lose. We're not going to go. The Leafs are not going to go 82 wins and no losses. Understand, 82 games, you're going to lose some games. You're going to win some games. You're going to win some games. You should win. You're going to win some games you shouldn't win. You're going to lose some games really badly. You're going to lose some games that you shouldn't have lost. You're going to lose close games. It's going to happen. There's no guarantee at the end of the year that you're going to make the playoffs or you're going to win the cup or you're going to win anything. There's no guarantee. But after four games, chill out. Calm down. Let's relax a little bit. Make a relax. Take a chill pill. Just calm down. The team is doing well. The team is a much different team than they were two, three years ago. And they're on their way to being a solid team in the East and a solid team in this league. If this offense can get some good defense, this team can be a contender. Am I saying they're going to win the cup? No. Am I saying they can contend for one? Absolutely. But I will never go around and bash the team. I would never go around and bash another team. I'll say some funny things about them, I'll joke about other teams, but I'll never say, holy, these guys are bleep and bleep 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 and swear and all this other garbage. No. So people, watch the games, follow your fantasy teams, relax, take it easy, and don't be mad online. I hate it. Players are going to make some mistakes. There's some players that make more mistakes than others. Doesn't need what I see on Twitter. It's absolutely disgusting that you even call yourself a fan of the team. And I see it on every team. Everybody has fans like this. It's not just because I, 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 I see from the Leafs stuff. I see it about the Leafs. I see it about the Habs. I see it about the Sens. I see it about the Flames. I see it about the Oilers. I see it about the Blue Jays. Football teams, basketball teams, everything. I see it everywhere. And it's absolutely stupid that people call themselves fans and then they go and say this garbage online because they think they're cool. Just to do it for the retweets. Do it for the likes. No. Do it to look smart. Tweet some decent stuff. Tweet some decent stories, some points, some stuff. Something positive. It's negativity all the time. It's garbage. People have to be a little bit more positive in their lives, especially when it comes to sports. Sports is one of the things in life that we shouldn't be this stressed about. Sports makes the world go round, at least for me anyways. Sports is where I go to relax. Sports is where I go to just avoid the world. And Even if I get pissed off by sports, stressed by sports, it's still a much better stress than any kind of stress you're going to find in the real world. It's better than the stress you find at work. It's better than the stress that you find at paying your bills. It's better than the stress than, you know, maybe finding, you know, whatever, relationships or school or work or whatever. It's so much easier. Let's calm down a little bit. Take it easy. So at the end of the day, remember, it doesn't matter what fan you're a team of right now. I just listed a lot of teams that were that I was surprised with, that I was on uh, you know, concerned about some teams that have not been playing very good some teams that have been playing good but everything can change tomorrow things can be reversed they've only played about four games each some teams have only played three so let's relax anybody and anywhere yes some teams look like what they're going to be the entire year most of the teams do not that's why it's early. That's why you play 82 games. The standings, the way they are today, will not be the same way tomorrow. They will not be the same next week. They probably won't be the same in six months. And when this season is over, the way the standings are today, today is Monday. Sorry, today is not Monday. Today is Friday. okay getting so irritated. I don't even know what the date is. Today is Friday, October 13th. You think the standings October 13th are going to be the same standings April 13th? I don't think so. I'm going to relax now and I'm going to move on because now on my little rant, I think I should move on because I'm starting to get a little uneasy and it's Friday, the weekend's here. I want to be a little less irritated. Friday the 13th, ooh, spooky. Let's move on. Let's move on to something else. Let's talk a little bit about some MLB playoffs. Let's move on from hockey for this week. We'll talk more hockey maybe next week. We'll do a little bit about baseball. And then I might end my podcast, possibly. Four teams remain in the MLB playoffs. Three teams are teams that probably everybody picked to be there. One team is not. That one team, the New York Yankees. They are a wild card team. And they are showing that they are a resilient bunch of SOBs. And everybody that's a fan of anybody other team in the AL East can't stand it. New York Yankees are looking pretty good. Now, I don't know if they do the same thing against the Astros. But they shocked Cleveland. Cleveland was stunned when they lost. I don't think anybody predicted, not too many people, anyways, predicted the New York Yankees to beat the, the Cleveland Indians. I know last year, the wildcard team was the Blue Jays, and they did the same thing. They won the wildcard game, and then they won the ALDS, and then they lost in the ALCS. Do the Yankees do the same thing? Do they lose in the ALCS? I don't know. But that will be a good series. However, Aaron Judge really needs to stop striking out. I know he can hit home runs from New York to my house. But damn, he really needs to stop striking out. If you want to help your team, striking out that many times is not going to help. But I suck at baseball. I'm a good fielder, but I can't hit. So I'm not going to say anything further. In terms of the Astros, the Astros are a good team. Um, overall, it'll be a good series, I believe. And for the Houston Astros, uh, they pretty much kind of stomped on the Red Sox. They didn't really give them much of a chance. The Red Sox didn't look very good at all. So now. This is where the thing could differ. The Astros might win because they're a little bit more rested. They had a little bit of an easier matchup in the first round. The Red Sox didn't really show up in that series. The Yankees took a little bit more work. Little bit more work uh, to beat the Indians. So, overall, it'll still be a good series. Um, I still believe the Astros are a deeper team. I am going to take the Astros in this series... In six games. Don't forget, it's a seven-game series now in the ALCS. I don't understand why they do this, but six games, Astros in six. This is my prediction. I think the Yankees will put up a good fight, but I don't think they're able. I don't I don't think the Yankees are a deep enough team to pull four from the Astros. I think the Astros are a deeper team than the Yankees. They could surprise again. They could surprise, but it's a little bit of a longer series. you got to win that extra game, and I think the Astros are just a better team. In the a- NLCS, Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers, and the Chicago Cubs, the defending champions. Um, this should be interesting. The Dodgers uh, pretty much did very well against the Diamondbacks. Didn't really have any trouble. Moved on, no problem. Uh, Cubs took a little bit longer. They had to go the full five games with Washington. They took down Washington. Washington can't win a playoff series. They've never won a playoff series there. Overall... It'll be another good series. That's two hardcore big teams, and overall, I think the Dodgers are finally rolling again. I think the Dodgers win this series, but this is going to be a really good series. Going to be a long series. This one's, in my opinion, is going to go seven games. Seven games, Dodgers and seven, and then it'll be a Dodgers and Astros World Series which won't be totally great for ratings on the East Coast, but um, side note, I didn't know this, but the Houston Astros, this is their first appearance in the ALCS ever. Haven't the Houston Astros been around for a while? I had no idea. I had no idea that they've never been to an ALCS. So good for them. But, you know, they want more. They want their first World Series appearance as well. So I think it'll be a definitely good final four. And uh, definitely a good series. Definitely a good uh, overall for everybody. in uh, everybody involved. Um, coming to that, I'm going to conclude it here. And I wish everybody a good weekend. And I hope everyone enjoys... Hockey, there's gonna be a lot of games tomorrow. If you have anything you want to talk about, including my Twitter rant, get at me on Twitter. You know, try try and be a little respectful if you have anything to say. But you know, if you have anything bad to say, that's fine too. Whatever doesn't make any difference to me. Get at me on Twitter, Teo Pasculli 92 T E O P a s c u l l i the number nine the number two any questions comments concerns let me know let's talk about it overall it's been a great week hope everybody has a good weekend hope luck to your fantasy teams and i will talk to you guys next week enjoy Put up. <laughs> everything high. I'm with the Mozzie I pop a half a purse Make a deposit I am not from the earth Stay on my fly shit